Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. This is Fly Purbly with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. We're here today to discuss the Flyers deciding to say sorry, not sorry, to Ron Hextall. So, Craig, how was it today back at work getting back into the flow of things after Thanksgiving? You know, it's it's tough. A lot of people had a long weekend, bellies full of turkey and all that fun stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's just a cash, real cash Monday. Nothing uh, nothing big going on at work. Just catching up from all the uh, the workflow I missed on the two days off. But uh, it was nice just to have a, a, a real easy go on Monday. Yep. No big news updates in my life. Nothing uh, questioning everything I've known. My existence just a nice casual nine to five day at work can you imagine Steve, why do you ask? can you imagine if you had gone into work today and gotten promptly shit canned because that's what happened I mean, to ron hextall yeah almost immediately i mean they they i mean they didn't waste any time what was it like two hours until a monday aren't, aren't you supposed to let people go like late on a friday late on a friday i mean i guess it was it was black friday and they wanted to make sure he get his shopping done so you know holiday so I understand that, but you know, first thing Monday, that's rough. Yeah. I guess he got a jump on Cyber Monday, right? That's what the uh Yes he did. You think like Ron is, drove yeah. in, parked his car at the Farg and walked into his office whistling. Steps in. And then I, I guess I guess Paul Holmgren did the deed. I guess so. Jesus. Or maybe Bobby Clark, according to new reports. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, you know, any ex-Flyers GM is just hanging around waiting to fire the current one. That's a thing. Yeah. Only the Flyers. Yeah. If we can, real quick, though, the Flyers did make a paper move today. They they loaned Alex Lyon back to Lehigh Valley. Who did that? And I, I want to know because there's been no interim GM. This is, did I, Paul Holmgren get Ron Hextall's email password on the way out? Is he covering? <laughs> did he put on an out-of-office permanent saying... Ron Hextall no longer works for the Philadelphia Flyers organization. Please contact Paul.Holmgren at Flyers.com. So I guess we should, I mean, we should lay out what actually happened today, right? So just Ron Hextall, the general manager of the Philadelphia Flyers, was let go by the Philadelphia Flyers. No interim replaced. All the coaching staff still in place at the moment. All the coaching staff still in place at the moment because they weren't now, a problem. Now look, there's no way they're all making it through. I mean, I, Craig, I would have preferred a just random collection of flyers, alumni roaming the halls at the Wells Fargo center 
than to see another game with this coaching staff. Because if you're going to let go of Ron Hextall, <laughs> my sweet baby boy, my sweet goateed baby boy, Ron, then you better sure as shit get rid of Dave Hextall, Ian LaPerriere, and I don't really care about the power play coach, but... You don't want to. You don't want to give Dave Haxtell a. He hasn't had. You gave Dave. You give Dave Haxtell a couple more years here. I think he gets I it. I think five That's more years. One man. Just give him. Sure, he's the fourth longest tenured coach, with not a single playoff series win in the NHL. But if you give him, give him a couple, a couple, a couple more new toys to uh, work the low to high system with, and uh, he's gonna put it together eventually. Yeah. Just have yeah, him. You know, he's Bob Clark's boy now, right? Bob Clark talked to him. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. according to what Dave Isaac. Yeah. And I mean, the penalty kill, look. Penalty kill, penalty kill. I, that's what I've always said. You don't need, special teams don't matter They're at all. They're playing fine just, at five on five. That's won them every other game. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, look. It's all cool. That's my stats. It's all cool right now. All right. There's nothing to worry Let's about. Let's get real. Let's get some real talk. Up in here, Craigums. RT. Uh, With Sea Dog in the check. <laughs> initial no, thoughts talk. on this move by the Flyers. I mean, um I right now, without knowing which direction the franchise is going, it feels pretty weird. I don't like the idea of Hextall being gone. I get the lack of moves at the NHL level, and that's a very f- valid argument for him to be gone. Sure. I feel like in today's league, though, in the cap league, where you are forced to either pay players to move on from them, not dealing out demoralizing contracts and keeping all of your draft picks and lucking out and hitting on some lottery tickets to put players in the league, I feel like Hextall had two of the biggest uh, skills you need to be a decent GM in the league. Unfortunately, he did not parlay that into any success at the NHL level. I mean, the farm system is good. There's a ton of prospects still. They, He just seemed either extremely, extremely patient, more patient than any man in charge of an NHL team before, or he really did not sense the urgency among the fan base or the franchise, I guess. I'm not, I, I don't know. And but depending right on now, which side of the fence you fell on, whether you liked Hextall and supported his moves or, or vehemently despised Hextall and all he stood for, uh, really that's where you came down on, on your opinion of what he was doing, right? You either thought he had a plan yeah. or you thought he was just sitting on it going like, no, I'm not going to make a move. Why would like yeah. he just didn't understand? Like I, I, I'm you know I've always said on this podcast that I believe in Ron Hextall. I trust the process with him, and I very much believed he had a plan in place, and I I a hundred percent believe it was patience. But you know I can understand the frustration that fans had and and think that he didn't sense the urgency. It might it probably like most things was a little from column A, a little from column B. Yeah. And I think, I think a thing that some people, I think I saw some people on Twitter touching on it, but I think a, a, a something that played a big factor in this was that he wanted to rebuild on the fly and still be competitive with at the NHL level. And 
that's it's one thing to say that, and then it's another thing to come into this season with the same goaltending, the same penalty kill approach as last season. And he signed JVR, but that was really his only big NHL move uh, in his entire time as a Flyers general manager, which, again, if he had come out, I think if he had just come out and just said, look, we're going to, we're going to do what the Sixers did. We're just going to suck for a while. We're all going to have to deal with it. We're going to draft and develop, and we'll go from there. I think if he did that, he may have gotten a little bit longer of a leash. At the same time, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the Flyers fans are are used to a certain style of team, yeah, which I, I they think, haven't seen in a while. I think Flyers fans would have been pissed off, it, either yeah. if it was retool on the fly or tear down and build back up, which – that's it's tough to do in a league like the NHL. And if you do that, if you completely tear it down, we're talking about Claude Giroux getting traded. We're talking about Jake Voracek getting traded. Uh, Wayne Simmons. I'm just trying to think of other popular players. Well, I think, I mean, I think Wayne Simmons is gone. I think I'm talking a couple of years ago. If you're talking a complete tear down, You got to get rid of those guys. You got to get rid of that previous core and See, I start think, from scratch. I think, no, you're right. Yeah. And you know what? Honestly, I don't know if Flyer fans would have been accepting of the whole trust the process approach. I think he was and damned I, if he did, damned if he didn't with his process. Yeah. And uh, ultimately, Ron's biggest sin is mediocre, boring hockey, right? Um, trying, he, he, you look at some of these deals, right? Um, the Elliott and Neuvert deals, two years. They were clearly a bridge to Carter Hart being ready, which is another thing people don't seem to want to be patient for. And I think if you look at the AHL and the results Carter Hart's had this year, he definitely needs time in the AHL to grow and adapt to a faster pace of game. But regardless, that was signed as a bridge deal. It didn't work. I, you know, there was a logic to it and I see where he was coming from, but it didn't work. Yeah, and I mean, I think, see, this is, again, this is the entire thing about not knowing. By the time we're listening to this, we may know who the new GM is, or if somebody has been named an interim GM, but at the moment, we have no direct idea what direction they're going to go in. And if it's some of the names are thrown out there, I feel like... Let's run them down. Who, who we got out there? I mean, the big names right now, seeing the beat, Dean Lombardi, Chuck Fletcher, Ron Francis. Uh, and then in-house, I, I think the logical in-house options are Chris Pryor and Barry Hanrahan, and then also some of the other options that check off the boxes of former Flyers and seem to be doing uh, things uh, related to hockey here, Daniel Rear, Chris Pronger. Uh, the point I was going to make uh, real quick, though, was I, I feel like some of the first decisions that are going to be made, I think the first thing that's going to be made is the coaching staff whether they're going to give them time to see what they're like or if they're immediately just going to can them. And I know the the reaction is to can them, but to point at, at point out how uh, maybe too uh, patient Ron Hextel was, he gave Craig Ruby a year behind the bench. Yeah. I, I uh, will say so. as far as Ron giving uh, Craig Ruby a year behind the bench is so Hextel took over. Was that after they May had of 2014. Right, May 2014. Was that coming 
off of so Baruby came in as interim off coach, the right? Rangers series, yeah. Rangers yeah, yeah. series. Baruby came in. Yeah, that was the the season after Baruby came in after three games. They Drew ended up being a hard finalist. They went to Game Seven of the the series against the Rangers. Steve Mason played really well. Still, still on his head a couple of those games. And uh, the franchise. I mean, it felt. I remember in May of 2014, before that, the Hextall news, feeling that the franchise wasn't going anywhere and they're going to be stuck at that mediocre level for a while. Uh, now, I mean, right now, I am just kind of paranoid that the prospect pipeline they built up and all the cap space they gained could quickly just devolve into uh, where we looked. I feel like May of 2019 could feel like May of 2014, depending on the GM they, they pull up here. To me. Right. And, and my uh, initial thought with that is do the Flyers try to overcompensate for that lack of excitement with Ron Hextall, that uh, that exceeding patience, that almost crushing patience. And do they try to bring in somebody more akin to a Paul Holmgren who or a Bob Clark who are both in the building right now? And Ron Hextall is yeah, or either of the men themselves just bring in one of those guys, bring them back because they won all the Stanley Cups here. So kid, nothing, you know, it worked out very, very well the first time. Either of them were here. But so, and you again, wonder, is the organ organization going to go in that direction? That kind of batshit crazy. Let's get the big names because we're the Philadelphia friggin' flyers. Let's do it. Yeah. And in which case it'll be fun for a bit until you realize that there's cap again and all these contracts aren't going anywhere. Right. Paul Holmgren was fun for a while. Like Chris Pronger yeah. deal. A lot of fun. Uh, Richards Carter deal, not so much fun for fans of Richards and Carter, but good returns. Uh, Brzezgalov deal, abject disaster, a lot of fun, abject disaster. Yager, a lot of fun. (laughs) Brzezgalov, again, abject disaster. Uh, And again, all this, I I thought all of it is fun too. I like having fun. Uh, I'm a cool guy. I love fun, but I also really like that space. I'm very cool, yeah. Uh, But I, I will say, nothing has ever been as much fun to me as a fan than uh, February 4th, 2018. Because as a 29-year-old, that's the only time I've seen any of my teams win a championship. And I don't know how close the Flyers are to winning it all. But everything they've done, nothing's been as fun as the Eagles win the Super Bowl in February. So whatever moves they make, I would rather be closer to winning a Stanley Cup than to just trade for big-ass names and show guts and a front office that cares. I, I'd rather still have the whole drafting, developing, and cap space idea. And if you can find a guy that's able to keep the prospects, limit the bad contracts, and bring in big names or make clever trades, then I'm all for it. But I really, I don't know if that guy exists. And right. people want the best I, of I both worlds. Like- they want a guy who can be as measured and cap savvy as Hextall with the, I, I guess. A big splash, uh, yeah, big splashes of a Holmgren, yeah, yeah. which uh, who's like that? I mean, people love Kyle Dubas right now, of course, because the Maple yeah. Leafs look amazing, but at the same time, Maple Leafs are going to be in a lot of cap trouble very soon, which is why William Nylander's still out there, yeah. Also, by the way, the Leafs 
bottomed out. Had some really painful seasons to get where they are now, but I, I, I don't think people want to allude to that. I think they want to talk. I think they want to talk about Austin Matthews and William Nylander and all these other players without actually talking about how they got Austin Matthews first overall in a season where they sucked and William Nylander eighth overall in a season where they sucked and all these things. So I, if they, there's always a pointing. There's always a time when fans point to the finished product of another team when they don't look at the the legwork that goes into actually getting there. And I'm, you know, Lombardi won cups in LA, but LA took a while to build that up there, like out there. And the the Blackhawks, uh, they won shortly after they got Kane, but yeah, after the Flyers got, had the worst season. Yeah, and, and the then Blackhawks the, got the first pick. But they also like they also had to draft they drafted Keith in two thousand three. They drafted Seabrook way before that. They got Taves like right. Like, There's a lot of pieces. Hockey is not a three superstar game. You win. Yeah, it, it it's it takes years to get into even the Penguins. Uh, even the Penguins. Yeah, sure they got Crosby, but they also had to get Malkin. They also had to get Flurry. They also had to get Latang. Oh yeah, they were bad. They were that they, they were a top five pick for five straight years, I believe. So it's, and I, I forget. And bottoming um, out doesn't always work. Look at the Oilers. The Oilers bottomed out for years and didn't get them shit. Yeah. It's really, it's really, I, mean, I don't know. Out of all the names you've heard, who excites you the most? I think the big three are, it sounds like Lombardi, Fletcher, and Ron Francis. All the names I've heard, Steve Eiserman's the most exciting because Steve Eiserman is an incredible but, GM. And he's okay, free, right. but Steve Eiserman's not coming here. He hasn't been linked here, has he? I haven't heard I'm talking any about link- names. That- sure, but I'm just there saying, there's only one name that excites me, and it's Steve Eiserman. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think we. I think everybody. Ideally, I think everybody wants it to work out where they get Steve Eiserman and Joel Quinville. But I think the big three names that I keep hearing linked are Dean Lombardi, Chuck Fletcher, and Ron Francis for the GM job. Dean Lombardi. Ron Francis. Seems the most- likely to happen at this point i i think he might be the best option out of the three honestly ron francis is more of the same i i feel like yeah why would you even make the next all move if you're gonna bring in ron francis yeah because it's the same type of deal uh i mean chuck fletcher i was telling you about it real quick with francis i just wanted to discuss why that's more of the same uh essentially he more or less got fired in Carolina for doing the same thing as Ron Hextall, right? Where he built up a lot of guys kind of treaded the middle ground and people got sick of that. Extremely conservative. Yeah. 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 You're right. Um, Chuck Fletcher is the, uh, it looks like the opposite end of the spectrum and I'll run through. I pulled up uh, his trade history here. Craig was doing this before the show started and actively, loudly groaning so i'm excited for this february of 20 uh february 2017 deadline deal martin hansel and mark uh, ryan white gave up a 2017 first 2018 second and a 2019 fourth round pick <sighs> uh chris stewart acquired chris stewart for a 2017 second round pick <sighs> sean berg uh, Sean Bergenheim and 2016 seventh round pick for a 2016 third. Devin Dubnik for a 2015 third. 
Matt Molson and Cody, Cody McCormick for Tory Mitchell, 2014 second, 2016 second. Ilya Briskala for a 2014 fourth round pick. Hold on, going on to the next page. <laughs> this, is, this is fun. Uh, Devin Setaguchi, 2014 second round pick. 2013 third round pick in Cal Clutterbuck for Nino Niederreiter. So that trade, I mean, if he does more shit like that, I'm all for it. If he gets Nino Niederreiter for Cal Clutterbuck in a pick. Uh, sign me up. Sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jason Pomerville on a 2014 fourth for Matt Hackett, Johan Larson, 2013 first, 2014 second. Uh, so pretty much just uh, any. It looks like there'll be some trades. Looks like all the draft picks will be traded. It was nice while it lasted. Oh, by the way, Daryl Powell for a 2013 third. Daryl Powell, huh? Or a third. third. Daryl Powell. <laughs> oh, uh, the Daryl Powell. I believe, this, I believe this was him as well. And this looks like Flyers fans because this is a big name on on Twitter. Uh, got Charlie Coyle and David Setaguchi as as well as a 2011 first for Brent Burns and a 2012 second. Got Charlie Coyle. Forget, uh, ignore the part where he turned away Brent Burns. He got Charlie Coyle, though. I know Flyers fans are very active about that name on Twitter, and they love and they want to get him. Yeah, get Hexall out of there because he wouldn't get Charlie Coyle. So, if I mean, if you want to get Charlie Coyle, get the GM that got Charlie Coyle and talk to him about How it. How can you beat that? Yeah. <laughs> so, getting those uh, in case big you names, just noticed. making trades for the sake of making trades. <laughs> That's what drives me nuts, man. People not a thinking, big fan of Chuck Fletcher. <laughs> I'm, and, and I'm not a big fan of people making trades for the sake of making trades. Uh, certainly. I think it's coming. You can argue all day that Ron Hextall should have done more. And you're right. You're right. But at the same time, you should never, ever make a trade for the sake of making a trade. That's absolutely stupid, pointless, and yeah. detrimental to your team. Yeah, and uh, I think that's... Gotta shake it up. Gotta make I'm, a trade right now. Yeah, that's one of the things I'm worried about uh, coming up here. And, see, I think there were oh, there were a, a lot of moments that felt like tipping points over the last... I mean, definitely this season, and I think you could go back to the... I think it really started last year with the 10-game losing streak. Like, moments where you felt like something has to happen, right? Like, these are such embarrassing losses such pathetic efforts they're getting their ass handed to them every which way it looks like the team doesn't want to be there they're consistently down by four goals things where you just feel like there's no way any team any higher ups in a team can look at these performances and go this is cool let's let this ride out real cool. and this after that nice. maple leaves game after this maple after that maple leaves game you felt like it it felt like that was enough i think collectively on twitter everybody assumed that at least a trade was going to come maybe not the most significant trade maybe some kind of bullshit trade where they trade like jordan wheel for a draft pick or something but something was going to happen but man and if it had been like jordan wheel for a draft pick or something i would have driven me insane because that's clearly like a just bullshitty hey we did something great great um if they had done well, something like a... fire an assistant coach, that would have been great. That would have been a clear sign. This is nobody expected this. No, I don't think anybody expect. 
I don't think anybody expected this right now. I I don't. I didn't picture a hex doll going before a hex doll. Never. And I mean, I I can't do it if hex doll is going to stay around. If I have to watch, if I have to watch hex doll not call timeouts or pro goalies, and watch the low to high system not generate goals at five on five, while Chuck Fletcher trades away. Uh, first and seconds to get Ryan Callahan. I'm not doing it. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not. Screw that. I'm not. Yeah, I'm already kind of checked out on the season unless something drastic happens here. I would like to see. I mean, there's still plenty of time for them to turn this around, and they're gonna make trades now because they want. I feel like trades are gonna. They happen want to shake it want... up. I mean, obviously, they want the Flyers. They back. want. They the want Flyers the Flyers back. back. Flyers hockey, yeah, baby. Passion, grit. No cups in seventy five. Flyers hockey. <laughs> it's happening. Fight it more. Yeah, Trade for Tom Wilson. Yeah, I mean, I First feel round like pick for Tom Wilson any day now. I feel like everything's on the table. I feel like you're not trading Drew. I think time Borchek to bring in Hank Lundqvist right now. Borchek, I think, is a legitimate option to be traded. I, agree. I think Simmons could be traded. I, agree. I think they trade for a goalie. I also feel like this opens up the. Uh, possibility that all the defensemen that we've lost uh, watching like grown to uh, to their own and be part of the system could be gone. I mean, I don't know how they feel about uh, Gossus Fair and Sanheim or players of that caliber. So who who knows if they're they're staying or they're Offensive gone. Offensive defensemen like... don't need them. Bring in guys yeah. who know how to check, clear the crease, and play old-fashioned smash-mouth hockey. Yeah, I was. You know, it's funny. All the people that want wanted Hexall gone. I mean, if Holmgren is still going to have a voice here, we remember those blue lines that he left the team with because they were all. I mean, horrifying. they were pretty, pretty fucking bad. Absolutely. <laughs> and he drafted Gossespierre. Horrifying. He drafted Gossespierre. Uh, but I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I, I Dean Lombardi. Okay, so Dean Lombardi of those three, I think, makes the most sense. <laughs> that's a that, I, I, it sounds like you're swallowing a horse pill over there i i just can't believe this is the conversation you're having today but dean lombardi makes the most sense to be the gm of the philadelphia flyers and according to jason martinez who does have connections uh and i i don't know he does like the pre and post camel 97.5 he knows what he does he knows people he knows he things. thinks he thinks Lombardi is going to be the next guy as GM. Bill Meltzer kind of shot it down earlier in the day. Yeah, Mel- Meltzer seemed to, at least he threw out there the fact that, well, here's the exact quote from, the exact tweet from Bill Meltzer. He was Hexy's mentor and remains his close friend. Kind of awkward to ask him to replace Ron as GM. At the end of the day, it's a business, but I suspect the Flyers look elsewhere. Yeah, and then he did have a... Did have like a follow-up tweet saying that like if if uh if Lombardi actually feels comfortable taking Hextall's job and it kind of like went over the logistics of that situation. I don't think them being friends really matters at all. I mean, if the franchise wants Lombardi in there, they're gonna put him in there. I don't know how much the friendship really matters. But... Right. I, I mean, Lombardi could say no and resign. Yeah. I, he's not going to. Yeah. But. There's always that chance. I mean, some guys, especially in a sport like hockey, are consider themselves very honorable people. And 
would consider that I don't know the kind of situation where you're stabbing a friend in the back. Like it, hockey is the kind of sport where it's very much like that would team be a thing. Yeah. all for one, one for all kind of thing, and um, that would very much feel like a betrayal to some guys. I, I'm not saying for, for the record, I'm not saying Dean Lombardi's a complete traitor if he does this. May he rot in hell. Like no, I'm not doing that. I, whatever, whatever happens, yeah. whatever. Uh, I will say that. I'm not a huge fan of Lombardi for not only his, well, yeah, but I was going to say not, not only his moves at the end of his tenure at the Kings, because there are some bad yeah. ones, including Vinny and Luke Shen. Yeah. From yeah. Ron Hextall. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for Ron Hextall, uh, who is currently on a point. I mean, uh, just the, there are things he did, the way he handled the Slava Voinov situation, the way that he handled the Mike Richards situation that I I very vehemently uh, disapprove and dislike how he handled those. Yeah, uh, I mean, it looks like, and there was, a, I mean, obviously there was a time Dean Lombardi was a halfway decent GM because he had to do something right. But won a couple cups, yeah. Together. And he did. I mean, he pulled the the trigger on getting Mike Richards and ultimately Jeff Carter, and those are, I mean, those are two pretty big names to add in the same season, and it it worked worked out to uh get him a couple cups i i think it, it's the yeah it's the personal stuff i mean like the the voinoff stuff the the big thing with Lombardi that makes me paranoid now is voinoff possibly being signed because he's still out there and you can tell dean Lombardi doesn't exactly have i guess the best character because defended Voinoff and wanted Voinoff to still practice and was trying to sneak him in the practices when he was supposed to be suspended. And he did what he could to kind of bury Mike Richards when it, I mean, it looked like he had issues with drug use or was relying on, you know, what did he get busted with? Which, you know, in a sport with all the concussion issues that hockey has and all of the, the pain issues and treatment issues that hockey has, to demonize a guy who has an issue with painkillers seems uh, very much wrong. Yeah. I mean, and this is a uh, talking about a guy who's a Flyers fan's uh, favorite and he's just kind of not really even trying to look to help him, just kind of making sure he gets that out of that cap hell. And I, the thing with Lombardi too, I think that I started off going on uh, with was tenure started out great. And then the end of it was just terrible. Same with Holmgren, where if you look at Holmgren's tenor, he made some good moves in the beginning, and then he hit a certain wall where he was just like, you know what? We're going to throw some shit at the wall here and see what happens. And I don't know if you can come back from that as a GM. I don't know what happens. Because, again, I like, just wasn't ready to focus on this today, I guess. And I Nobody was ready like for this. This completely... Jeff blindsided everybody this morning good luck yeah. to any flyers fan who had to work today i sure as shit had a tough time concentrating yeah and it's i'm sure you can look at gms who kind of like fizzled out at one point or with one team and see how they do with the next team but i i feel like lombardi once he comes in here it's just gonna be the end of his king's tenure now maybe the, the good news is whoever comes in, Hextall did leave them with cap space. There's no bad contracts they have to jettison. They have tons of prospects in the pipeline. They have one of the most solid defensive bases that the Flyers have ever had, at least as yeah. far as raw talent goes. You got, you got Katore and Gossespierre on good deals. 
Uh, I I feel like the first action has to be, I think, addressing the coaches, and then if you really want to make the the big move to announce that the Flyers are back, it would be getting a goalie. Um, I said it to you before the show, and I'm wondering since he just made a deal yesterday, if uh, good old Stan Bowman wants to get rid of his goalie, if they're going to start moving pieces, and I would like to see. Corey Crawford with the Flyers, and I know he was out all last year, but that probably cheapens his cost, and you can get a guy that'll be more than a stop uh, stopgap and could carry your team. I'd be all for Corey Crawford. In there. Yeah, and if he gets hurt, well, then he goes to IR, and then we're, I don't know, we're back Join to the club. doing what we're doing now. Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe, you know, maybe I, I said it the other day, too, if you can get, what the Flyers should do is just trade for every goalie. Let them get hurt. And then it's just, just it's all about all the skaters. In. Yeah. And then you don't have to, then you have to worry about the penalty kill. You don't finally have to focus on that, I guess. But <laughs> focus uh, on the penalty well, okay. kill, sure. <laughs> so, okay. So that's a positive, though. I think there are positives to this, even though I'm pretty bummed out about I'm this. I'm extremely I, bummed out about this. Yeah. I think now that Hextall is gone, I feel like there's a, Hextall has to be gone. Like, I feel like he has. If he makes it to the end of the week, I'm going to be pissed off. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we have to know at least an interim GM by tomorrow. I Or when you're listening to this now. Because they're having a press conference at 11, I think. If you have that press conference and you don't have a guy in place. What are you even doing? Yeah. Because I, I, I don't know. Who knows? Steve, I don't know. Um, I don't think they do. They're bringing in every <laughs> yeah. every ex-GM is currently in the building making decisions about the Flyers' future. And these are guys who were fired as GM for making terrible decisions. Yeah. Yeah, hey, I'd rather... But, you know, okay. Let me. I'm going to go back to the, the other thought I had and finish out before I go on the next one. Uh, the positives are Hacksaw's got to be gone. I think Lappy has to be has gone, too. Has to be. They... I can't believe they didn't get fired today, honestly. I can't believe they didn't yeah. do the Clark uh, Hitchcock just sweep out. Yeah. I mean, that you would think that would happen, but I I really don't know who would come in and say, wow, you've been here the fourth longest out of any of the current head coaches, and you haven't won a playoff series yet? I'm going to extend you like three more years to see what you can do Sign here. Sign me up. Like, totally Ron's fault. Yeah, it, it's a thing where we're finding excuses for or not us collectively but the people that are trying to explain why Haxel is still here they're looking for excuses and not really pointing at the things he's excelled at he's done he's done well at an extent with the kids but I mean uh, I mean that's also up for debate and also John Bork was talking today about how Hextall was like a really hands-on guy and he, it sounded like he was trying to describe him like Chip Kelly which I mean uh, it's John Bork I don't really know how much. Yeah, I'm taking that I don't with know if a whole truckload of salt. Yeah, I don't know if he's just trying to do that to kind of make it seem like this is the right thing the Flyers had to do. And I, I don't Our know. Global but... warming is non-existent. <laughs> yeah, that's. And I mean, that's the way. That's the way. If you want to make Flyers fans really feel good about this, is be like, oh well, he was a Chip Kelly. Whoever they bring in next is going to be the Doug Peterson. They're going to win the Stanley Cup in 2020. Which, I mean, look, I don't think this team is 
crazy amounts of uh, distance between like being a borderline playoff team and an actual Stanley Cup contender. There's a ton of talent on this team, and there's a lot of raw talent in the pipeline right now. So there are assets. There are definitely ways to to swing that around. Uh, It's just, you know, Hextall had an approach he was going for, and apparently there were major philosophical differences that led to this quote-unquote shit canning today. Yeah, which is kind of scary in and of itself. Yes. But the rest of the positives are, um, by the way, DeAndre Carter is on the Houston Texans now. Um, watching the Monday night game. Oh. We're not used to recording on Monday nights, guys. We've got Monday night <laughs> yeah, football. It's a weird, weird thing. Um, so Hacksaw should be gone. Laffy should be gone. The goaltending should be addressed. And I... We need the Hextall apparently was not going to be the guy that took the next step. Like he's obviously not going to be the guy now that takes the next step for the Flyers. Taking the next step and going out and acquiring guys at the NHL level isn't as hard as, I guess, restocking a pipeline, in my opinion. Like I think Hextall was better at the tougher things to do, like asking another team to take Benny LeCavier and Luke Shen and getting actual tangible returns for Chris it. Pronger's contract or and Nick Grossman. Literally trading Chris Pronger's contract, not Chris Tr- Pronger the player, for Sam Gagne and, and a pick. And I I feel like that's those are the types of things that are harder to do than trade a first for a second line forward or trade a second for a second pairing defenseman. I, I feel like you, a lot of GMs could do that. It looks like Chuck Fletcher is a guy that can do that. And Dean Lombardi is a guy that's willing to wheel and deal. So Greg, I think you could do it, that. Yeah, I mean most people can and they're going to have a lot they're going to have a lot of things at their in their uh they have a lot of assets they can handle and deal out for to acquire pieces, which is a little scary, but uh Yeah, I mean we've been talking about just the multitude of Flyers prospects for a couple of years now and if in 2 years we're talking about maybe like just a, a couple of these guys, I'm going to not be a happy camper. Yeah. Cause we can um, just be yeah. like, I could totally see them immediately going out and making a frost move and making a, oh, a Farabee move, you know, like just guys that are not. Oh, I think Sanheim might be the first one. I think Sanheim might be the first. And he's having a great season. I mean, you get a new GM in here. You get Bobby Clark in there. It's Sanheim for Nylander. And Nylander's on this team by the end of the week. I wouldn't be shocked. I would uh, not be shocked if such a move happened. I feel like Simmons. I honestly feel like Simmons might be the first trade. And this I, I is like going to go. A... Simmons is going to go one of two ways. It, Simmons is either going to be immediately traded for assets, or Simmons is going to be locked up for quite a while. Yeah, and it's it's interesting, man. I wonder what the. I would love to see the Venn diagram of people who were so sick and tired of Hextall and wanted him gone immediately and the people that would lose their shit if Wayne Simmons was traded. I feel like that just has to be one circle. (laughs) And I feel like if a GM comes in and they're like, hey, we have an aging power forward who's due for a lot of money and has been quite as productive the last few seasons. Still productive, not the 30-goal scorer that he was even a few seasons ago. Don't think we should lock him up, 
think we should trade him for another piece. I just think I think a lot of the anti Hexall people would fucking flip their shit if Simmons was traded uh, immediately, which I think is a possibility. Uh, you want to talk about some of these other GMs out here that are kind of not have not been linked, but are also possible replacements. Sure. So talk about Lombardi, Fletcher, and Francis. None of them really get uh, bringing endorsements. Steve Eisman would probably be the best. I think is the option everybody would be happy with. Steve Eisman did pretty well in Tampa. Uh, I think he's dead set on going to the Detroit, though. I would love to see him as the Flyers GM, but I really don't know what the likelihood is with that. I'm not getting my hopes up for Stevie Y. I'm but not getting my hopes up Man, if that happens, that's the one thing that'll actually make me ecstatic about this move is if they yeah. bring on Steve Eiserman because that guy had a great track record in Tampa, so much so that it was completely shocking that he quit when he did. Yeah, yeah. And I, and again, for as much as I wanted to see Hexel stay a little bit longer and kind of, see him commit the idea of just firing Hackstall and going from there. If this results in Steve Eisman as the GM, Joel Quinville Quinn the, the coach, then okay, that, I'm sold. You can do what you want. Uh, Mark Hunter, who was uh, who lost the the great Toronto GM uh, faceoff, uh, and Kyle Dubas is now the GM of the, the Leafs, so Mark Hunter is still out there. I don't know I don't know if he had any interest in coming here. I'm sure you'd love an, another shot as a as a GM. Uh, Bill Zito, who I believe is the current GM of the Cleveland Monsters, the uh, C, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets uh, AHL team. Michael Futa, who is the assistant GM with the LA Kings. Those are some of the uh, outside the organization choices. Let's talk about my favorite category now. Flyers organization related choices yeah. every friggin' time there is a hiring <laughs> to be made in the flyers organization there are always flyers alumni who are available gotta gotta have played for the flyers doesn't matter if you want somewhere else you had to have played for the flyers so for before we get into these guys i just want to say it would it would be beneficial to the club if they made a non-flyers alumni choice here Unless that guy has like a really, really killer interview because people it's a, they're a laughing stock for just hiring within the organization, within the family over and over. It's just ridiculous at this point. And they really need a fresh set of eyes to come in and give them a different perspective. And I'm also just tired of seeing former Flyers, uh, great, just getting dragged for bad managerial. I don't know. I mean, I, I know we aren't the only defenders of Hextall, but I know a lot of people are tired of his shit, so it's kind of annoying going on Twitter and just seeing how, you know, Hextall needs to man up and make some trades and doesn't have any balls or anything. Ron Hextall, the guy who hit Chris Chelios in the face (laughs) flying halfway across the stadium with his blocker, doesn't have any balls, sure. Yeah, that kind of stuff. So it would be nice to just get away from, you know. But uh, if we're going to go down the former Flyers uh, route, these two names are two names I've seen pop up. Uh, Danny Briere, who is currently the vice president of operations with the Maine Mariners, who is the New York Rangers ECHL affiliate. Uh, original thoughts? I don't know. 
I like Danny Breer <laughs> as a player in person. Yeah, I don't know if I want to hate Danny Breer in seven years for now. Right, right. I'm sorry, the question is, I really yeah, like so Danny that's... Breer. That would be a shame. Yeah, uh, Chris Pronger. I I don't think I'd want to. Uh, you know, I don't think I want to hate him in five years too. So. Well, and Pronger's got experience right now with Florida, right? What what role is I he in so. with the Panthers? No idea. <laughs> I actually completely forgot that until you just mentioned. I forgot. I'm gonna was... look that up right now. Yeah, I have but, no uh, idea what he's doing. Right the, now. Chris Pronger's my my like daydream hilarious choice because yeah. I just had this thought of Chris Pronger, the the hockey player in my head, just staring down somebody at the draft, like trying to make a deal, just going, so we're going to do this or what? Just keeps glaring, getting a little closer. <laughs> and guy starts to sweat a little bit. Oh God, is Chris Pronger about to eat me alive? <laughs> By the way, uh, senior advisor for the last two seasons with the Florida Panthers. That could be so you were literally right. anything. Yeah, that just means he's there saying hockey stuff. And Dale Talon loves his hockey man. Well, here's so, so and the other best thing about Pronger is I, I thought of the tagline for the Pronger GM is If that is that a thing, GM General Managerialism. Yes. Great. Uh, <laughs> Chris Pronger stealing picks like he used to steal pucks. <laughs> that that would be a good tagline. I do enjoy that. <laughs> or it, it'd have to be he'd have to uh use his uh or use the uh, dead quote from when uh nobody remembers the first gm and talk about ron hextall and then just come in and start wheeling and dealing with all the uh ron hextall assets but so i have a sincere question about chris pronger uh and it's not it's not a concussion joke but he was having serious problems with concussions like a couple years ago right yeah is he would he is he healthy enough to to have like go through the rigors of being an NHL GM? I would assume so if he's got a regular role with the Florida Panthers right now. But see, I what is the title of senior? Like you just said, you're like, what does that even mean? Does that just mean like every once in a while, Dale Towns like just calls him up and he's like, hey man, what do you think of this trade? And like they spitball for five minutes and they hang up and then Pronger's still at home just hanging out yeah, or like I, what is it? I've gotten the impression. Uh, based off of what I've heard about uh, Pronger down there, that he's kind of in the role more to to learn how to do the everyday workings of an okay. NHL job. And I have seen before that he's expressed interest in becoming a GM ultimately. Yeah. Again, though, I mean, both these guys fall into the category of stop fucking fly- hiring uh, former Flyers. Because, right. I mean, I that's kind of my sentiment right now now these other two options that i have listed here uh are in-house options but would not i would not have the same vibe about uh chris Pryor and barry hanrahan who are both they both have moments i point to that i don't like but that's not really that fair for how long they've been with the team and have not having any greater roles than what they have to kind of count them out as being a good GM. So Chris Pryor joined the Flyers in the summer of 1999, and he's been the assistant GM and director of player personnel since 2016. And before that, he was the uh, director of scouting. And the only negative thing I think of right away with him was, I don't know, I forget what the series was called in 2013. It was like flying 
on the rush or something dumb like a web series that the flyers did where they looked behind the scenes and like got quotes from front office people and everything and they were in the draft room when the decision came up to draft samuel marin and i remember everybody making a big deal about how dumb it was like how high they had marina on their their uh their draft like rankings and everything and chris prior com- had a comment about how when everything else is equal he wanted marin because he knew that marin would be willing to whack somebody with his like stick or like <laughs> aggressively hit somebody and it's like well all right i don't know if i really want that mentality well, you know that's a that's that you bobby know, clark uh crippling russians yeah. back so, in the 70s and mentality. again <laughs> and again he could have been you know if he's trying to sell his pick he might kn- might have known how to sell it to paul hongan and then he he said that at the time but still kind of rubs me the wrong way that's what and we then call flyers hockey <laughs> and then Hanrahan has been with the team since 1997. He's been an assistant GM since the 2005 06 uh, season. And I, so Kevin, uh, Kevin Christman? Yeah, is that how you say his last name? Yes. Okay. I've never actually said the last name. <laughs> Former uh, Flyers Faithful, great. Uh, talked about how the, the struggles with the Max Talbot signing and how they, it was pretty much the way they signed it was actually illegal. And they had to like go back and correct it. And I remember, I remember there's something about the Chris Pronger contract about how they needed to sign it. Like they had signed it a couple of days after his birthday, so the over 35, uh, like clause of the deal kicked in, and they wouldn't be able to buy it. It was a, I forget what the exact clause, but I remember like Travis wrote about it. I thought pretty much talking about how Hanrahan like fucked up. And they should have handled it differently. So I, he was supposed to be the cap guy, and they had a couple situations where they pretty badly mishandled the cap in terms of a couple contracts. So that kind of sticks out to me. But again, these are guys that have been around for twenty years now, and if I'm pointing the one thing, and they have no managerial experience, that's not really a good thing to go off. Oh of. boy! So. And also, you want to talk about somebody outside the Flyers organization? These two guys definitely ain't it. Yeah. Yeah, so. Um I mean that's that's the list of uh the list of options I got. Jake threw something out in the Slack and said uh it had a John Buchagross tweet that said, I think Sabres oh, assistant GM Steve Greeley would be a good hire for Philly. Uh blah 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 interview with Carolina, overseas pro scouting uh staff and player development in buffalo okay i mean that's fine sure Again, I, don't I'm know. Not really... I don't know anything about most of these guys is the problem like yeah i'm really not it's gonna not have like coaches right? to... where coaches you have a bunch of info on you have uh they've got track records and stuff you can check out with gms it's just yeah. like so this guy worked in an office role for 10 years <laughs> he knows how yeah. to he knows how to send a fax it would have to be like I was help. I was going with it with uh, Steph today because Steph put together like a whole list of every transaction that Hextall did. And when you're looking at like all the draft pick trades and like how it all panned out, some of the trades take forever to actually come into fruition. Like when you trade a 2014 second back for a 2015 third, and then start looking to see who they drafted and see how they developed. Like a lot of these trades take a while to pan out and so i can't really i don't 
I don't know all these GMs track records with trading draft picks and everything and who they move to actually put into their lineups and all this kind of shit. So I, I know Hextall's because he's been the GM here, but I don't and I can name some of the other things. Like Chuck Fletcher, I mean, I the main thing I really think of with him are is the Hansel trade and then also the I mean, he signed Farisi and Suter to massive ass contracts that they're they're gonna have to deal with in a couple of years. They actually they're I mean, they're dealing with it right now because Zach Parise has kind of been uh, not exactly lighting the world on fire, and they're not getting younger. So, and again, I mean, he trades a lot of picks, gets players to add for for a run, and Minnesota has never been on a run. But that seems to be the mentality that I think Holmgren and the the higher ups kind of want right now. And uh, I don't really, I mean, all the options they've listed really don't. They they all have kind of a win now mentality, which I think you could argue the Flyers might be in that place. It's just I just get paranoid of you mess up on those win now moves. Well, you look at they... the Flyers not even that long ago, about a decade ago, right? When yeah. their farm system produced some really good players, Mike Richards, Jeff Carter, Claude Giroux, Paul Holmgren had that team. And for a while, it looked great. And then all of a sudden, he just started making these crazy moves, trading away every asset, and then they got into trouble. And it just seems very easy to just get back on that path. It's a slippery friggin' slope. Yeah. Yeah, and it's... I mean, again, it could be something we don't have to worry about because they could bring in... I mean, if they hire Pryor and Hanrahan, I, I don't even know how I'm going to feel. Not because, not like I'm going to be bummed out or like... No track record. I'm going to be in shock. Yeah, it's just no track record. So I don't know what's going to come with that. And maybe they're going to have the same mentality with Hextall in terms of keeping their picks and, and prospects, but they might do the occasional move where they trade somebody for... I, I'm fine with it every once in a while, but some of these guys just continue... I mean, Holmgren did it where he consistently traded his first and seconds. I mean, when you look at... Uh, Mark Lazarus laid out the Chicago uh, played out the Blackhawks first round selection since 2011. They've traded every single first they've had, and then they had two years where they didn't have a first round pick. And I mean, if you look at the Blackhawks and their trajectory, they've won. Yeah, they've won. But, I mean, going forward, it doesn't look too great now. And I don't know. I mean, if you don't get those, if you don't, get, if you don't win at all, obviously, it, it makes it a lot harder to look back at somebody's tenure so but. you know one of the other things i want to talk about we've we've talked about the influence that paul holmgren and bobby clark have potentially had on this whole process and there's one player here that we haven't mentioned yet and i think he's worth mentioning i think he's worth bringing up and uh sam carcini of all people mentioned him and god help me i agree with Sam Carcitti on something today. That's when you know it's a crazy time when Slam and Sammy brings up some kind of valid points that we, I mean, I agree with them too. If I'm looking at the same points you're looking yeah. at, I, I posted an article from Philly.com today that uh, Sam Carcitti wrote, uh, basically saying, you know, the Flyers fired the wrong guy flat out, which I think a lot of yeah. people can agree with that sentiment. Uh, however, of course, Ron Hextall had the call to fire. Dave Haxtall in the first place. So it gets yeah. all complicated, but ultimately people agree. Hack should have been the one to go, not Hextall, even though it was like Hextall's whatever, whatever. But I'm just going to read this uh, bit that I uh, pulled from Sam Carcitti's 
uh, I guess, post or article today. Uh, Meanwhile, Dave Scott, the Flyers' big cheese, has remained silent, repeatedly turning down interview requests. Scott should use his position to put pressure on his players, coaches, and front office executives to perform to hold them accountable. He should have talked long before Hextall. A good man who didn't deserve this fate was shown the door. Several years ago, while the Flyers were in a skid, team chairman Ed Snyder talked to me at length about what had to be changed. He did this on more than one occasion, during more than one long stretch of mediocrity. After one of those interview sessions, I thanked Snyder for his availability. If you only talk when things are going good, then you're a hypocrite, he said. You have to face the music when things are going bad. That was the essence of the late Snyder. He was honest and transparent, knowing he was a conduit to the people who paid for tickets. Yeah, and I think it's kind of bullish league that nobody was around today to answer. I mean, it that that's big news today. That's a gigantic... Unless the, they have the an announcement franchise. tomorrow, unless they have a clear-cut interim GM or coach announcement tomorrow, to not have a press conference today was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I, I maybe I haven't been paying that close attention to every other team, like in any of the sports. But have you? Do you remember the last time a GM or a coach has been relieved, and there hasn't at least been an interim coach or GM named? Like, has there ever been a time where just they've been in limbo? The Sixers. Last year. Uh, this year actually with um over the summer with the Brian Colangelo. Right, issue. with the whole eventually yeah. their coach was named as interim GM, which it was weird, but uh they they did have a period where they didn't have one uh because Brian Colangelo just had to be so decidedly fired yeah. for and and, mean, it, and people argue it screwed them up in free agency. Yeah, and I mean that's just a I mean that alone is just that the whole situation was insane. So a normal situation where your GM is not creating fake Twitter accounts. <laughs> is there, do you remember any time besides that? Like I, I'm really, I don't know. It's not a normal thing to do. I, I thought it was yeah, a weird it's... move. And this is an, this is an organization. I've used the word organization a lot tonight, but it's a, a word the flyers use a lot when talking about themselves. Yeah. There's an organization that's always proud of the, been very proud of doing things the right way of treating people with class and all that stuff. And they fire, they basically just put out a statement today and said, we'll talk about it tomorrow, which just seems very unflyers like, and I mean, I wonder, you know, based on this Sam Carcitti quote here and uh, what I was reading, I decided to read up a little bit on Dave Scott. I found the same, this Sam Donnellan piece uh, from Mm -hmm. September about Dave Scott um, I just wonder how much of the Flyers previously was Ed Snyder versus what the Flyers are now, because I very much get the impression of somebody who is talking about accountability for the club, wanting to win, wanting to be aggressive, but also and, and wanting to be the guy like Ed Snyder was, but not being out there like Ed Snyder was. And look, Ed got involved way too much, right? Like he got involved in his GM's affairs. The Brizgalov situation is a prime example, but Ed was also an accountable figurehead for the Flyers 
he was a guy that you could go to for a quote. You could go to for uh, perspective on the club. And he was yeah. just a really, you know, it's very different for them to just do a move like this and kind of just see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it it's yeah. it's interesting. Yeah, it, it's a weird move, especially when you're this this Hextall move is a move to try and get fans to feel like the Flyers are coming we back. We do stuff. We're fun and exciting. Yeah. We have a mascot. I'm not bringing Gritty yeah. into this. Gritty's great. And for the, the record, gritty, if honestly. I put out a poll about who the next GM should be, Gritty would have overwhelmingly won because we love the Grit yeah. Man. Now, I, I mean, before I, over the summer with Gritty, I said it would have been funny if he was an asshole and they made him do stupid stuff, but I, I don't want to see him as GM. <laughs> Although, if you made him GM and he showed up to GM meetings in a suit and tie and then pretended like he was trying to make trades, all right. I mean, I'm, they'll, be, they'll get a couple yucks out of me. I might enjoy it, but I don't think in the long term I really want Gertie being the GM. <laughs> Does he even speak? Yeah. He's just like, it's just him. he's just sending messages out to the opposing GM. It's just like yeah. he's banging on the keyboard and it's just a bunch of mashed characters. <laughs> just him scrolling through the NHL app, just pointing at players and then just picking out other players to trade for. I mean, Gritty was trying to offer a second for Corey Crawford and somehow lost completely <laughs> in communication, traded for Brent Seifert. That's <laughs> Seifert. What am I talking about? Jeez, Seifert. <laughs> Seifert. <laughs> The Flyers have broke my brain, folks. Brent Seabrook. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that that Seabrook contract. Yeah, see, stuff, oh, man. It, it's just weird knowing that every like everything could be back out on the table. Do you know what Anything. I mean? Like, it's just. Nylander's out there. Crawford's yeah. out there. Steve Mason's yeah. out there. Brent Seabrook is Brent out there Seifert, with his massive contract. The Seaman. Uh, trading, trading away guys in the pipeline we get. Uh, guys in the pipeline that uh you thought weren't going to be you know dealt and i just weird right now and i think i was looking at uh melter had a, a string of tweets on it today too and the big takeaway that i, I think i agree with is that hexall's tenure feels like it's going to be like russ farwell's tenure where he russ farwell was the gm in the early 90s when the flyers uh sucked and he did nothing but acquire draft picks and kind of draft and develop as well. And then the next uh, regime came in and that's when they started to get really competitive again. And that's when they went out and they spent money and all this kind of stuff. But the thing, the thing that I, I feel like everything before 2005, 2006 is what people want, but it's just, you can't, you can't do it now. There's a cap. You can't go out and, spend you can't go out and tell John Tavares you're gonna spend all the money on the world on him. You can't go out and trade for guys that are maybe going into the twilight of their career and then buying them out. Like everything It's a cap every, and it's a hard cap. Yeah, like every trade that involves a lot of like money or salary has ramifications if it doesn't work out well. And that's what was the downfall of Holmgren. And now I mean, I threw it out there before, but I I really don't know why Holmgren's still here. If we're being honest, I mean, he was promote he fell upwards into a, a role as 
president of the team and then ed snyder passed away and now he's still kind of here because comcast didn't know what the team for a bit like the comcast didn't know what to do with the team for a bit so i really i mean if we're gonna fire hextall if we really want to clear clean house let's let's clean house here right <laughs> let's get all the former flyers out of the fucking system like if you want to get nuts need... let's get nuts yeah like i, I don't no, know seriously That's... if you're gonna clean house clean house like let's start fresh let's try something new i don't even know why paul holmgren's still there yeah i, I really i just don't get it uh like most gms but... get fired move on to new jobs paul holmgren let's move him down the hall now paul holmgren's yeah. sending a message about the current gm getting fired what even yeah, are that, the flyers that's insane that's insane actually has that ever happened before? i, I don't think former... so and, and there was a i have to find the tweet that pointed that out earlier because that was yeah because that a blew my mind it's, it's it's a great point yeah the former gm announced the firing of the gm that took over his role i don't unless there's been a situation like an interim gm or a a GM, I mean, it, it's just that's. I feel like that hasn't. There's no way that's happened. It was, uh, Kyle Newbeck who said earlier, "What kind of goofy ass organization are the Flyers that they fired a general manager only for the guy they fired immediately before him before him for general incompetence to oversee the process to hire the next one? Who does that make sense to?" Yeah, it really is insane, and you know I. I don't even I don't even know what the I mean I again I'm trying to look at the few positives here and it, it's not even a guarantee those go down I mean we're looking at new coach new penalty kill coach and maybe some traits to help the team this year I I'm not giving up on the team this year I'm really not I mean There's you have JVR and Simmons on the third line too. yeah you have JVR and Simmons on the third line. Pro Ruff can figure out his shit and he can get Pro Ruff and goes back together and you let Sandheim drag whatever fucking loser he's going to be paired with, whether it's Foley or McDonald. You have enough talent there. And if a new GM comes in and now you actually know you can trade draft picks to get a Corey Crawford or uh, like a Dubnik or some, I, I don't even know how Dubnik's doing this year, but a guy that's on a team that's out of the playoffs that you might be able to land and help you. It's not, I mean, it's not too crazy to think they could go on a run here. But right now, who knows? Who <laughs> like knows? I, who actually knows? But I I mean that's all really I that's all I have is I really just don't know. Uh what I need to know is who made this lion transaction today. It's still yeah, that's me nuts. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like no interim GM, and they moved Lyon from the uh, NHL down to the AHL. Who did that move? Who did I'm that? I'm guessing move? it was just Holmgren. It's, it's got to be Holmgren. Yeah, but that's I hope it is. Or mystery. Or maybe GM. it is gritty, and he just got in there, and he's like, "Look, I'm tired of this shit. I've been here for three months. I'm already done with this." <laughs> Listen, <laughs> two months. I'm just gonna start talking. Gonna start bossing people around. <laughs> he's bumping flyers with his belly down the hallway when he's dissatisfied <laughs> with them. <laughs> yeah his first words are he just shows up to a, like a gm's meeting or he just shows up in the stan bowman's uh office and he just leans over the desk of bowman and he's like crawford for a fourth <laughs> he's like wait what 
you can you can talk. He's like, you fucking hurt me, you prick. You're gonna give me Crawford for a fourth. You son of a bitch. You're giving him to me right now. <laughs> the worst part is when Gritty rolls his eyes at somebody in a meeting. You can really see him roll his eyes. <laughs> yeah, you really can. No! I will say that is my favorite Gritty move is when he uh, shakes his head and uh, moves his belly in a clockwise rotation. I believe it is. Uh, is, uh, pretty is good it power clockwise move. or counterclockwise? I'm trying to... I, I forget which way he goes, honestly. I think it might be counterclockwise now that I think about it. He did it in the introductory uh, video, and then he did it in a recent one as well. I mean, well, it's great. But... It's a power move, which is what you need in today's yeah. modern NHL. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, you're not going to get Eric uh, Carlson, which now seems like a possibility <laughs> by sitting back and not... He, Roll in your giant yeah. eyes. I mean, honestly, it's, it's and the, looking back at it now, it, it's just it came down to the patience, and I think he was just too stuck to Hackstall. Imagine, I don't understand the outlook of a GM who is sees trades going on around him, sees you know drastics being dealt out left or right, and he has the foresight to go. No, we're going to keep all these prospects and all these picks gonna let the process build out a little bit then we're gonna you know eventually compete i don't know how you have the mindset for that and then you're like you know what dave haxtell is doing a pretty good job <laughs> and then it's like i like i don't know how those two go hand in hand and honestly you know what this week he's killing it yeah yeah exactly. you know what i don't see anything wrong with the penalty kill that's once again in the 30s in the league for like the fifth year in a row i was gonna rip on Hextall's on this week's episode because again i mean the, the, these last few string of games here have been fucking pathetic as i tweeted and we had a Hackstall, shit sandwich last week where the shit was the bread like they had one yeah. really great game in the middle but it's surrounded by two giant piles of shit yeah if you know if hacks if you're gonna keep hackstall if you're gonna be the one person in philadelphia that think hackstall is doing a good job and you're going to find excuses for him. Well, the excuses were put in place by you not doing your job as a GM. Like, if you're going to point to Hacks, if you're going to say that Hacksaw has been getting goaltending, well, who's in charge of getting him goaltending? Do you know what I mean? Right. Or if you're like, well, the penalty kill has been great. And it's like, well, who had a chance to go out and get Michael Grabner or any other fucking gritty bottom six forward that would just slot in? Like, they're, they're, you know, I liked him, but there were definitely flaws in his approach. And it really just was at the NHL level, which, I mean, it's been a while since the, it's been a while since right. a, this fan base has been, I don't think they've ever been actually checked out on the Flyers. Maybe it was the last, like, maybe it was when Farwell was in, but I mean, I wasn't, it's a lot back then, but I was like three or four. I wasn't really checking the pulse of the Flyers fan base. So, you know, uh, but when they were struggling there for a while and they were focused on drafting and developing, but, this season, you can tell just people were checked out, and I mean, each after each big loss or a string of terrible games, it's always like, is anything going to happen? Like, are we just what? What are we doing here? And after the Leafs game, I I think you could actually feel like there's no way that that was going to go without any kind of punishment, and there's pr pretty big, pretty big punishment, I think, pretty big, pretty big reaction to. How uh, the way how things have been going. I mean, this is so. a, a total course correction of the franchise, whether you think it's a correction or not. They are changing course. Yeah. Yeah. Um so 
I, I guess right now it's just who Steve, who do you think is going to be the new, who do you think is going to be the interim GM or who do you think is going to be named the new GM tomorrow? If it's tomorrow, I think it's gotta be Dean Lombardi. Yeah. I, I think they announced tomorrow. I think it is Lombardi. I think it's just, I want it to be Stevie Y so bad, but Dean Lombardi, it just seems like the stars are aligned for Dean Lombardi to come in because he's also a guy who has transitioned a team from middling with prospects to over that hump and, and winning the cup. And I think uh, higher ups see that. I think Dave Scott sees that. I think Paul Holmgren sees that. And they're like, no, this is the guy. And man, that is, that's a thing. So look, I mean, he did, and he did do it in the cap era. And he did it in the cap era. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. So like there, I mean, there are, we can definitely put flaws in hiring Lombardi, but he did have success in LA. It's just, he left the team in complete shambles. And also he seems to be a piece of shit, which <laughs> it's the thing where, I mean, if we're talking about them signing Voinoff this week, if they sign really, Voinoff, not really a fan. I'm going to have to think about some things because you, do you want to hear the worst timeline? Like, do you want to hear what the worst timeline no. is? Cause Hackstall's, Hextall is still a coach. Later this week, Dean Lombardi could sign Slava Voinov to take Travis Anheim's role while Dave Hextall and Ian LaPerriere are still trying to figure out the penalty kill. That is the timeline. That is still a possibility. So the Flyers sign a human piece of shit. Yeah. And, and they, they hold on to Mr. Mediocre and his yeah. face puck blocking assistant. And I just cry and consider not yeah, watching why? hockey anymore. First of all, that was Ron Hextall's biggest mistake, is in the 80s, he never took off his mask and took a, a shot to the face. Facts are facts. Because according to the hockey gods, or the Flyers' upper management, you take one shot to the dome, and you have you have tenure for life as a coach. So, number one, that's where Hextall fucked up, by not doing that in the 80s. Sure, yeah, you were feisty on the ice. Sure, you almost carried this team to a cup in the 80s by yourself. But, like, you know, I mean... Block a block a shot late in the game when the series is already decided. You know what I mean? Maybe take Carter Hart <laughs> and his wussy little butt and make him swim. All right, sink or swim, buddy. This is the pros. You can't develop did you see, the minors. Did you see? Oh, there's something floating around about uh, Carter Hart is rooming with Connor Bunneman now, and they had two days without electricity because one of them forgot to pay the bill. And then there's another thing where they got two noise complaints, and one of them was because Carter Hart was using a vibrating foam roller. Oh my god! Yeah, so that's a uh, you want to talk about soft? <laughs> you got foam rollers. That, yeah, I didn't hear anything about you know no clinking of weights because he's doing power cleans at two a.m. No, a vibrating foam roller. Get him out of my organization. This is the Philadelphia Flyers, not the Philadelphia Foam Rollers. Thank you very much. Not the Philadelphia Flowers. Get him out of here. If my guy's not doing shots of Jack and punching people in the face at bars, I don't even know what we're doing here anymore. Tom Wilson for a That's first. Bring it on. <laughs> Caps are did Tom Wilson for a first. <laughs> Two hands left. <laughs> oh! 
Got him. Yeah, that's right. The Cavs may have won the cup, but I'm still going to take shots oh, at him yeah, while absolutely. I'm sitting here not knowing who my GM Dunk is. Dunk all day. <laughs> Dunk all day. <sighs> well, we're going to see what happens, and we'll be back. Oh, wait, wait. One more. Uh, okay. One more. Okay. No, just one more question. Is Dave Haxtell still a coach by the end of the week? He shouldn't be. It should be Joel Quenville by the end he's of the, the week. Coach for the guy. He's the coach for the Senators game. I think he's got to be because they literally won't have anybody yeah. in in time. They, but then they don't play again until Saturday. Yeah, when they take on the Penguins. Yeah. No, I, so. I think by by Saturday because that's such a long stretch for a week of hockey. Yep. And then, and then after Saturday, they have time. They still have another big gap until Thursday. So, uh, Dave. Have fun with this whole week of dead man walking. Yeah, hey, have a great yeah. Go ahead and beat the Senators, who are the only team that has a worse penalty kill. They're definitely the oh god, 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 <laughs> god. Yeah, you want to talk about a game that's going to happen that nobody's actually going to focus on the game, man. Yeah, it's going to be a it's going to be a good time. Yeah. Well, gang, thank you for listening to this somewhat but as long as a regular podcast episode of uh, Fly Purple, if not longer. Uh, Anyway, if you have any feedback, the best place is on Twitter. You can follow Craig at Sports Are Bad. You can follow me at Fly Purple or Estebaum. Follow BSH Radio and follow Broad Street Hockey. All of that good stuff. Like Broad Street Hockey on Facebook, Friendster, Uber, Lyft, wherever you like things. MySpace. MySpace, Yeah. yeah. Instagram? We're, I think we're on Instagram. I sure. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Venmo. We are on Venmo. Uh we are on Venmo at Craig Forsyth. So if you just give him money. Angry birds. We'll... <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we'll be back on Wednesday with uh a nice long pod and hopefully some more info for y'all. But uh, until next time, as always, I'm not even going to say good night and good hockey because today was rough. So uh, good night. Wow. Wow. Hello, everybody. This is Fly Purple it is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell, and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Hey guys, this is John Stolness from The Good Fight and the Phillies podcast, Hitting Season. Man, the 2018 season was... 
Well, it was interesting anyway, and the upcoming offseason looks to be even more interesting. So if you want to stay up to date on all things Phillies this offseason, subscribe to the Good Fight podcast feed and get my podcast, Hit and Season, where I talk to Phillies beat writers, broadcasters, and fellow Good Fight bloggers, as well as national baseball writers, and the occasional interview with Matt Klintak and Gabe Kapler. Also, you'll get continued success, a Phil's podcast hosted by Justin Clue and Liz Rocher covering all things Phillies, and The Dirty Inning, a hilarious podcast hosted by Justin and Trevor Strunk looking at the very worst innings in Phillies history. And you'll get bonus podcasts every time big news is made with the team. Seriously, if you want to stay up to date on everything revolving around your favorite baseball team as they return to contention, make sure you are subscribed to the Good Fight podcast feed.